Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. I love Wednesdays. I go all week without seeing our lovely faces, and it's so good to be together. (sighs) Go ahead and find your seats. Like Colton said, we are a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. So we come together. We have a good time together. We hang out. If you're new, welcome. We would like to introduce ourselves to you. Uh, But we also uh, value learning from God. We learn from his word. We're going to dive into that a little bit today. Um, How many of you would consider yourselves perhaps a professional klutz? Anybody? Anybody in the room? A little bit of a professional klutz? Like if something could go wrong, it would go wrong and it's done by your hands, right? It's like, I don't know what happened. The ground was level, but now I'm like face planted on the ground. Or like, I swear that chair was not there three seconds ago as I like trip over it or that wall. Anybody feeling me here? Um, I, I, one side of the room, this side of the room has grace and poise and no klutziness. Yeah. Okay. That's not me. Um, uh, in my family, I may or may not have coined the term Calamity Courtney. Um, I don't know how it happens, but something always goes crazy. The other day, I was just trying to make some food, and I snapped a cheese grater in half. I'm not the Hulk. I don't know what happened. Um, I've had refried beans on the ceiling. Just trying to make nachos. <laughs> it's usually food related when things go crazy. Um, but yeah, so here's a little bit of a story. Um, this last weekend, I was at a wedding, right? Weddings are places for grace and poise, right? Okay, so um, how many of you, you know the situation. You're walking into a space, a room that you've never been in before. And you're walking into a room of strangers. How many anxiety level is raising as I'm telling the story, right? Space you've never seen before. You're walking into a room of strangers. So we're going into this like older church building in Portland. And so I'm like walking up to this door and um, it's, it's, it's wood. So it's not like glass, you know, where you can like see through it and you can see what's on the other side. It doesn't have a window. Like, I am blindly walking into a room. I have no idea what I'm going to encounter behind this door. Has anybody experienced something like this? Just me. Nope. Okay. Half the room. This side. You guys are so experienced in life. Um, so I walk into this door, right? And I'm like, okay, whew, how I walk through this threshold is going to make a difference, right? Am I going to walk in like the cool person and be like, hey, it's good to see you guys, right? Or am I going to walk in and be like the fun person and be like, hey, it's so good to be here, right? No. I, didn't, I, I was like, okay, how I walk through the store is going to make a difference. So I'm like, okay, I've properly calculated my outfit for the day. I'm going to walk through this door. And so I reach for the handle. It's the one that has, like, the latchy latch. So you have to, like, which is an anxiety all on its own. Because, like, what if I don't push the latch right? And then I pull the door and it, like, jiggle. Like, wh- okay, so I'm, like, <laughs> at the door and I grab the handle and I pull it and I walk and I hit the step. 
Luckily, I did not face plant, but I did like look up all drastically and like make eye contact with like seven people and they're just staring at me. And by the way, I'm walking, there's stairs and so they're all looking down on me. So I'm literally like <laughs> klutz and they're just staring at me. And uh, what I didn't do was mind my step, okay? I didn't realize that the door did not open flush to the ground, but rather you had to like step in to the door. You know, it's like it was raised above. Who makes a door like that, okay? It's not good for my life. So I was like not minding my step. I was so concerned with how like I came off or like how I looked that I was not looking where I was stepping and I wasn't minding my step. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever uh, saw a child learning how to walk, right? It's a little bit stressful. They're like teeter-totter over everywhere. Uh, But anybody who's learned how to walk um, will realize that learning the actual physical movement of like feet in front of the other is only half the battle. The other half of the battle is figuring out where you step and how you step, right? Like, do I step on the Lego? No, you only have to do that once to realize you don't step on Legos, right? There's stairs, like, okay, so I had to, like, step up, right? So how we step is half the battle. It's not just learning how to walk. It's, like, minding our step, like, how we step, how we step on different ground. Did we step on grass the same as concrete? And I think there's a piece of that that we kind of feel that a little bit in our regular, everyday life. Have, Have you ever had that feeling of, like, who let me grow up. Like, you're a freshman year in high school, and you suddenly have to decide not only what college you want to go to, but what uh, degree program you want, what career you're going to take, and you're like, I'm a teenager. I have to decide the rest of my life right now. Like, who is letting me make these decisions? Like, how do I, how do I take this path? Like, how do I step? Like, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be in college or I don't know what it's like to do this career. Like, how do I step here? Like, where do I go? And Paul in Thessalonians is going to talk to us about this roadway of life, right? Last week we had this street laid out here and we were talking about walking and that feeling of like, where do I go? Where do I step? This is, that's the goal of what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, if you haven't been with us, we are in a book in the Bible called Thessalonians, First Thessalonians to be precise. And uh, we've got the past sermons online. You can take a look at them. But let me recap a little bit here for us. Um, there's this guy named Paul, and he's an apostle, right? He's, he's building, he's a church builder and a gospel proclaimer. And he walks into this town of Thessalonica, and he stays with this group of people for three weeks, and he starts talking to them about the Bible, and he starts talking to them about the gospel, and uh, the people believe, and they're saved, but then after three weeks, this like crazy rabble, like rousing mob comes, and like starts to cause chaos, and they want to harm Paul, and they want to harm the church, and so you have this church that they've received a gospel message from a man, but they've also are receiving persecution and conflict from their city. And so Paul has to leave. And he's so stressed because this baby church is sitting there and he's like, oh, do they still believe? Like, are they going to grow? Or are they going to completely fall? And he gets a message from Timothy that says like, they're good, right? They're standing. They're good. And so he's like, okay, great. You're standing, but now you got to keep walking, 
right? You're standing in the faith, but now we got to keep walking in the faith. And yes, we keep walking, but as we walk, we've got to mind our step. How do we rock this road of life? Is there a manual? That'd be super awesome, right? To have a manual of like, like, how do I live? Like, how do I walk? Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And so we're going to talk about the way in which we walk on this road. We learned last week that this road that we walk on is this road called holiness. That is, we, as God saves us from the other roads that we're walking in, right, and we follow him, we believe in him, and we trust him, and we walk on this road, um, we have to also realize that this isn't like a, this isn't like a desert deserted road in the middle of nowhere. This kind of looks a little bit like a deserted road. Little strangers thing? Yeah, okay. When we're on this road, right, is it, is it a backwoods road? Is it in the city? Like, is there sidewalks? Like, are people walking around? Like, where's this road? How do we interact with the people on this road? And so, as we realize that there are people we're walking with, right, people that are watching us walk from the street, we, um, find that our walk, this walk, the way we walk, the footprints, the path that we take is marked by two things. We walk this road with love and in a way that is worthy of respect. And we're going to dive into what that looks like. So as you're like walking on this road, probably the first person you encounter is one another. I'm not the only Christian in this room. I know that there are many of you in here that are Christians that have decided to follow Jesus. And we're walking on this road together, right? We don't have an individual road of holiness. Like we're all in this together. And so we're like bumping elbows with one another. And like we're walking next to you. And I'm trying like not to step on your toes. And, uh, and so the first people we encounter on this road is one another. It's our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is how Paul says we, uh, we interact with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Check it out. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 9. And Paul says this. Now, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Paul is using these terms of brothers. These are people, men and women, who believe in God, that they've decided to follow Jesus, that these are Christians, these are brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says, this is the way in which we interact with each other. He says, concerning brotherly love. So the first people we encounter on this road, this life that we walk, is our brothers and sisters in Christ. And what Paul tells us is that we are to walk with love towards them. We're to walk with love for those who walk with us. The cool thing about being a Christian, right, being a part of God's church is that we get to walk this with other people. And so we walk, our walk is marked. These are the things that like our footsteps, the imprints that they leave. We walk this walk with love for others. We see that these Thessalonians were pretty good at, at love at loving one another. We, we saw in chapter one that they had a labor of love. And then here he says, indeed, 
you are doing this, right? They, they are people who love. They know how to love. They know how to love one another. But there's this really interesting uh, phrase here where he says, that is indeed what you're doing, but I want you to do this more and more. I super wish in my life that we could like have a checkbox of things that we've accomplished. You know, I'm kind of a, a bit of a perfectionist. And so if I could just like have, you know, like, ah, oh, maturity, check, done, mature, right? Love, check, done, be awesome. But Paul is saying like, we are loving more and more and more. But what, like, what kind of love is this, right? So it's a concerning brotherly love. What kind of love is this? I mean, we are educated on love in all kinds of different areas, right? Olaf from Frozen tells us that, what is it, that love is putting someone else's needs above your own? We're like, that sounds pretty good, right? I was educated by love from a snowman. It's not bad, right? Well, what is this brotherly love? Let's check this out. This brotherly love that Paul is talking about is like a coin with two sides. And on this first side is that this love is from God. You'll see in the text there, he says, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God. No need for anyone to write to you because you've been taught by God. This isn't Paul deciding like, hmm, you know what I think would be a great code of conduct for people in interacting with one another is to love one another. I think that'd be a really great idea. He's like, no, like, I don't need to tell you this. This isn't a command from me. This is a command from God. And you've been taught by God to love one another. And you're like, what? I've been taught? Like, how have I been taught by God? Like, what has God taught me about this love? And like so many things in our life, we learn through imitation, right? You learn how to walk. You learn how to ride a bike by seeing it happen. And, and, and God has shown his love to us. And, and how has he shown his love to us? God has shown his love to us in probably one of the most incredible moments, the most incredible moment in human history, where God, specifically God with us, a man named Emmanuel, God with us, Christ, Jesus stepped into our existence, right? God became man. And he lived this incredible life of having compassion on people, compassion on people that so much of our society and their society at the time turned their back to, right? He, he loved people that were dirty and people didn't want to hang out with. And ultimately, there were those who hated him and were his enemies and beat him and hung him on a cross and he died so that that person could be free of their sins and be connected to God, Right? Jesus gave his life. That's the kind of love that we've seen from God. This is the love that God has for us, that as we trust in Jesus, the penalty for our sins doesn't fall on us because it fell on Jesus as he died on the cross. This is the kind of love that God has shown us, and this is what he has taught us. He's taught us that love is self-sacrificial, right? And it's, it, he, it leads us to the second part of love, right? The first side of love is that it's from God. And the second side is that it's for others. It's from God and it's for others. 
love is not an individual sport, okay? It's not like swimming and or track or something that like as an individual athlete, you know, that you can excel at. It Love, by definition, requires you to have another person, right? You have to have someone to direct your love to. So this love that is from God, it, we've seen from God that it's, it's self-giving, right? It's self-sacrificial. It's serving. And it's for other people. And so to love properly, it says, he says in the text that uh, how you love one another, it's always for this other person, right? It's always an outward giving love. It's always in reference to God that we love others the way God loves us. And it's for others, right? It's active. He says, as you're doing this and it's always increasing. It's for others. It's an active work. Just as like, you can't like love without having another person. You can't love without like doing an action, Right? It's not just a feeling that lives in you. It's something that you're doing for that other person. And so this is the kind of love that God has taught us. And I'm really glad that like, it's from God because I don't know about you, but I'm super bad at loving people. Right, like I'm, I, I kind of a selfish person. You know, I like what I like. I like to do what I like. I like when other people serve me. I'm not really good at loving other people. And one thing we learned last week, in verse eight, he says, "God gives His Holy Spirit." Was so like, it's from God. It's empowered by God that He has given us this love for others. And it's not. It's just. It's not naturally something that we're good at. Like. The first thought on my mind when I wake up in the morning is throwing my phone across the room because of the alarm, right? Like, I want to sleep. It's, we, we don't naturally wake up with this disposition of like, oh, like, like I want to love the other people around me. If this is one of the things that mark our walk, right? If our walk is to be marked by love for those who walk with us, how many of us have lives where other people are like awed at the way that you love people, like in awe at the way that you love the people around you. Like how many of you like walk through your hallways of school, right? And there's people around you like, whoa, like, man, there's something different about their life. Like they treat people differently. Like they're not always about themselves. Like they like, like help that person that like nobody likes to talk to or like they're, like always super kind to like the people around them. Like what, what, like why are they that way? It's like, this is the thing that marks our love. These are one things that like make us Christians, like that reveal that we're Christians, right? If there's one job, like if you have one job that we do well, it's loving other people. And it's, and we practice this day by day by day. He says we're growing more and more and more. I mean, any of you who've done a sport or like music, um, uh, I was a flute player, if anybody cares. Piccolo? Nobody? Okay. Um, right? You don't just get good at something by like walking into, I know, band nerd. It's okay. I'm comfortable with it, right? I didn't walk into like the senior band class and just like pick up an instrument and start playing or like you didn't just like walk onto like the varsity rugby team and were like, I got it, having never played a day of rugby in your life, right? No, like it takes practice. It takes running things that you do in sports. It takes practicing scales, right? It's like it takes a constant repetition of action. And every day that you have, do you realize every moment of your life is an opportunity to practice something? As you, um, 
walk into your kitchen and your sink is a mess and you're like, oh man, my mom would be super happy if I clean those up, but I just like hate the dishes. Anybody hate the dishes? I hate the dishes. I don't mind unloading the dishes. It's the loading and the scrubbing and the yes. So, you know, you walk in the kitchen, you're like, oh, I bet my mom would be super happy if I did that. But just like I could do anything else but the dishes, right? In that moment, you have an opportunity to practice selfishness or you have an opportunity to practice love for another. And what you practice, you get good at, right? So this walk, as we walk, every step we take is an opportunity to practice this type of love. So we walk with love for those who walk with us. So these are, the, these are our brothers and sisters, right? These are those that you are sitting next to right now. This is the way we treat each other. Like, how great would it be for citizens to be known, like, for their love for one another? When people walk into, like, maybe you're brand new here, and I hope that we give off this impression that you walk in here and you just feel like, man, like, there's something different about this. Like, I don't come in here and I, f- I don't feel judged. Like, I don't feel like uh, people are, like, trying to avoid me, right? Like, there's a community of love. But there's people that are walking around. Like, if you go walk down 192nd there, right? You've got a Starbucks. You've got a Panda Express. You've got a park right na- there, right? There are people walking on this road. There's people uh, looking in. They're, like, watching how they drive. Um, and, and there's other people that are interacting this road. So we have our brothers and sisters on this road. But there are these people that are watching. They're watching this road. And so... What, like, how is our interaction with them? Like, how, how is it that we walk on this road that impacts the people that um, aren't on this road? Like, people that aren't Christians, people that don't believe in Jesus. What kind of steps do we have here? As we said, Paul is telling us how to walk, and he's told us two things. He says that we walk with love and worthy of respect. So we see that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we also walk in this way that is worthy of respect. Check this out. Verse 11, he says, so he's talking about love where he says, do this more and more. And then verse 11, he says, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. As much as we may not realize it on the day-to-day, there is a watching world, right? He says we're walking properly before outsiders. There are those that witness your life, right? There are those that Witness the way that you interact with your family and the way that you interact with your friends and the way that, like we've already talked about, interact with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul here is urging us to walk respectably towards those who are watching. This is like a walking in a way that like other people respect the life that you are living, right? They, it deserves honor, like it has integrity, this row that we have doesn't just exist for us to walk on. It doesn't just exist as this like only uh, a Christian party on this road, right? Where we're just loving one another, but we are being seen by a watching world. I don't know if you've had this experience, but if you, um, you know, you're a Christian here, maybe you have some friends that you've interacted with that are, are not Christians. And um have you ever felt like that you are the voice of like all Christians? 
Like they ask you a question and they're like, do Christians think this? Like, do Christians do that? Like how do Christians respond to that? And all of a sudden like you're the voice of all Christians everywhere. Right? There's a reality that if you're a Christian and you go to public school or you interact anywhere in the community, right, that you are the perhaps the only Christian that that person who's not a Christian interacts with, right? You are that person um, that they see. And so how, how is it, how do we step, how do we walk, how do we live, how do we interact in the cafeteria, on our homework, in our exams, on our football teams, in our sports, in our music, in the locker rooms, how is it that we walk, that we display this, that, that they, these non-Christians, these people watching us, how do, how do they see us? And we saw in verse 11 that he says that we aspire to live quietly. I like this word aspire. It talks about, like, it, it, it's a goal. It's your purpose. It's make this your life's ambition. Like, if you do one thing, next to loving your brothers, make this your life's ambition. I mean, how many of us, like, just wish our career advisors slash counselors would just tell us what we're good at and to go into that career? Am I the only one that felt that way in high school? Like, just tell me what to do, because I don't know what I should do with my life, right? And right here, you know, the scripture's saying, aspire, like, make this your life's ambition. What is this? What is this that we're making our life's ambition? It says to live quietly. And everybody in here that has a tendency to be overly loud just went, dang it. I can't follow Christ. I'm too loud, right? The amount of times that I get like looks in the public square for how loud I laugh is just I just I just decide to like stop looking at it. Like my friends, we were out to coffee, and um, I'm like facing the window, and they're like facing me, and so the whole restaurant coffee shop is behind me. I tell a joke. I'm like laughing hysterically as I normally do. And they're not looking at me. They're looking behind me and they're watching. They told me later they're watching the whole like coffee shop just like go silent and like stare at me. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry that I'm embarrassing. Like I'm just loud and I'm sorry. And they're like, I love watching people meet you for the first time. I'm like, uh, like, is this what this means? Like, can I not be a Christian because I'm not, I'm not quiet? No. What does this, what does this live quietly mean? The times that this, this word is used in other parts of the Bible, it comes to this idea that you have this rest and the authority and the sovereignty of God. Those are big words, right? It means that you have rest and knowing that God has got it that you can trust him, that he knows the plan, that though you can't see around the bend of this life path, that you don't know what's around that corner, you know, he knows it and you can trust in him. It's not a quietness of sound necessarily. It's a quietness of spirit. It's a rest in God. We know what what it feels like to be restless inside I know that you have to have had spent nights where you're tossing and turning in bed and you're thinking about these things and you're feeling just a weight on your shoulders and there's a restlessness in your soul. And this is the opposite of that. It's just that trusting, that resting in who God is. And so this live quietly comes with this like, like the world around me is chaos, but I trust in God. I have, I'm, I'm quiet in my soul, but it also has this other piece of living at peace with those around us. 
Now, if we remember back to like our Thessalonians beginning, right? Paul walks into the city, he proclaims the gospel, and then these like crazy mob rabble rousers come and they just cause chaos and they cause destruction and they are, are persecuting the church. And it's like, oh, like it's the opposite of that, right? Paul is saying like, don't live like these guys, like live at peace with one another. And more than that, um, he's, he's telling the church to not give their enemies a reason to accuse them of anything, right? He's like, don't stir the waters. Like, don't make chaos. Like, just live peaceably. Live in such a way that nobody can accuse you of anything. That if we were to bring you out and, like, point out all the things that you do wrong, we can't find anything. Do we live with that kind of integrity that our lives are so ordered and aligned with God's will and like what God like wants us to live that people can't find fault with the way that we live? Check this out too. He says, not only that we should live quietly, so it says, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs. He's literally like, mind your business, right? He's like, you don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Like, you mind your own business. There's something about those little morsels of gossip that we love, right? And our friend comes to us and we're like, okay. Did you know? And we're like, yes, it's coming. Like, like throw it out in the open. Like, run her through the mud. Like, tell me what's going wrong. Like, there's something about that. We like, we know that. Like, okay, we shouldn't be talking crap about people. But like, it's just us. Like, just you know, tell me. All right. It's like, no. Okay, like, mind your own business. Like, mind your own business. Don't be poking your nose over into other people's business. Don't be starting fires. Don't be lighting conflicts. Like, are you more known in your school for tarring the reputation of somebody else? Like, is your reputation to be a reputation tar? Like, do people know that when they have crap to tell, they're going to come to you? They're like, oh, so-and-so will love this, right? Are you more known for, like, starting the conflict? Like, that people come to you because they want you to, like, start something or create an issue or to have friction or tension? Are you more known for being a peacemaker? Are you more known for your integrity? Are you more known for being like, hey, no, like, let's mind our own business. Like, if you have an issue with that person, you should go talk to them. Paul tells us that we, part of this walk, how we live with respect and honor, how other people honor and respect us is that we live quietly. We're at peace with God and we're at peace with others. Do you live with your relationships at peace? Is there a moment of conflict that even as I'm talking, you're like, I can't make eye contact with that person in math class right now. How can we be peacemakers? There's this last phrase here that he uses. So again, in verse 11, he says, aspire, make this your life's ambition to live quietly, mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. To work with our hands. What we do with our hands and our feet is a, 
a declaration of who God is. Like what we do either will declare the gospel or it will give a wrong picture of the gospel and who God is. It, it, we, we, our work is worship. That means that the way you handle your homework can be worship. Right? Do you do your work with excellence? You know, do you take that exam with integrity? Um, do you uh, walk into situations of your life with an attitude of thankfulness, gratitude? Or do you walk in with like, ah, like contention, like you're not happy, you're discontent, right? How do we work? It's a way that we worship God. And there's this... Uh, there's this kind of confusing phrase here at the end, right? He says um, that we may walk probably for outsiders and be dependent on no one. Like, what does that mean? Like, we just talked about, like, community is, like, we're loving one another. And, like, in order to love someone, right, not only do, like, they have to, uh, like, you have a, a reason to care for them. Or, like, yeah, I can care for you. But you have to, like, have something that they care for, right? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a vulnerability on both sides. Like, I care for you. You care for me, right? So it's like, what are you, dependent on no one? Like, so we love without loving? What is this? During this time, we talked about it last week, right? We had this road here. And this is the road marked holiness. And, and we walk in purity. And uh, we, we walk knowing that our decision to be on this road influences our horizontal relationships with one another, and our vertical relationships with God. And here at the end of the road was the sign that said the day of the Lord. And this is the day that, like, life as we know it will be completely different, right? That God will consummate his kingdom, right? It'll be there. It'll be complete, like, all the strife and the hurt that we experience. So Paul is telling this story, and they're like, day of the Lord, I don't have to do any work. I mean, if you knew that the world was ending tomorrow, you ain't doing your homework tonight. If you knew for sure that the world was going to end tomorrow, like, you're like, math out the window, right? Science, nope, Spanish, done. I know it all, right? Like, you're not going to do any work. You're like, yeah, there's no point. Some of you, like, that did your homework already, you're like, dang it. She didn't even have to do my homework tonight, right? No, like, so these people during this time are like, day of the Lord, like, woo, easy breezy. I'll just hang back. I will just wait for Jesus to show up and I won't do anything, right? And they're living off of other people and, and they're like bumming meals at different people's houses, which I was kind of convicted of because I'm like semi a poor post-college student paying off my loans and I try to spend dinner at different people's houses so I can eat. Anybody feel that? No? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, dependent on no one. I got to work on this, right? No, these people are like bumming it. They're like not working for their living. And, and Paul's like, okay, no. What you do with your hands is worship, how you engage your life is worship. How you interact with one is worship. The way that you talk in the hallway, the way that you do your homework, the way you treat your teacher is a, either a declaration of the gospel or it deters from it. It, 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 it. it mars it. It makes it dirty. Do our lives and everything that we do, do our lives declare the goodness of God? Can someone look at your life and say, I see that God is good. With your work, I see that God is loving. The way we walk on this road, right, we're, we're just kind of, 
we were on this path and we're like, ah, oh, I'm kind of stumbling. Like, how do we mark? Like, how do we walk? Like, how is our walk marked? How do we step? In this passage, we see that we walk with love for one another and in a way that's worthy of respect. We're marked by love. And when people look at their life, they say, man, those are people of integrity. It's worthy of respect. And I don't know you, but as we come here to the close, I have to think of these things like, man, am I a loving person? Like, are there places, are there shady spaces in my life where I'm not marked by integrity? And when, when I answer those questions, sometimes it's no, right? It's mostly no. Like, man, God, what do we do here? We talked about on this road that we live with love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have a very significant brother. And his name is Jesus. Do you realize that Jesus is your brother? He is your brother. And this brother, Jesus, he walked this holiness road. He did it. He walked it. He never turned. He walked with love. He walked with honor to the outsiders. And he made it to the finish line. And he walked this road completely and perfectly so that we can follow him. Right? He walked that road perfectly in our place that as we trust in Jesus and we see God at the end, in the day of the Lord, he sees Jesus' walk on our behalf. And like I said, like we learned last week in verse 8 that like his Holy Spirit guides us. And so if you're in here tonight and you're like, man, like, I don't know if I walk this well. Like, I don't, I don't love well. Like, I don't, if people, if my life was just displayed for everyone and not what I put on social media, it's not worthy of respect. It's not worthy of honor. Like, man, trust in this, that Jesus has walked that perfect record for you. He's walked that perfect road. And as you trust in him, you walk that with him. And he's given us his spirit to empower to take those steps. And so even as you leave here tonight and you go home, and whatever you face in that front door, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to practice love to practice a life of integrity that's worthy of respect. As you wake up in the morning and as you get to school, every moment is an opportunity to practice these things. As we, we walk, we walk this life with love and that, in a way that is worthy of respect. So we're going to respond here, and the band's going to come up. And I just encourage you to just pray for maybe one or both of those things in your life. Like say, God, like, if I were to be honest, my heart is small, it doesn't love well. Like, Lord, would you expand my heart? Would you help me to love more? Or maybe your prayer in here is like, God, like, help me to walk in a way of integrity. Like, help me to walk in a way that honors you, that glorifies you, that brings you respect. And continue that prayer this week. And as, as we pray that, as we practice that, the Lord continues to work in our hearts and change us as we walk that path right in step with Jesus who walked it before us. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that 
It's transformative. God, that as we come face to face with the mirror of scripture, we're able to see these things in our life that um, may not line up to the image that you have, to the picture that you have, God. And as we're here, God, we thank you, God, that you don't leave us alone, God, that you have asked us to not only stand and believe, God, but to walk. And you haven't just told us to walk, but you've told us how to walk. God, you've told us how that we make these steps, God. And I pray, God, that you would give us the strength, God, to do it. God, would you help us to love one another where we fail to do so? God, we can only love others well, God, because you have loved us well, that you've shown us what it means to be loved. God, and we can only live a life that's worthy of respect. We can only live a life that is right in line with you, God, as you, as you empower us, God, as we, as we make decisions in our life, God, as we move forward, God, would we rest in the fact, God, that you are with us and that we have an opportunity, we have a gift to glorify you. God, would you change our hearts? God, would you do what only you can do in our hearts, God? Teach us to walk. We thank you that you have taught us. And God, would you continue to help us walk step by step with you? It's in your name we pray.